1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: There's no better cleaning to remove the soil from your carpet. All of our furniture cleaning is done by hand in your home or in our plant. Carpet Masters also offers dry cleaning for fine furniture. Call Carpet Masters at 793-7215. That's 793-7215 for Carpet Carpet Masters. <laughs> This is 1050 AM, KCAA, Loma Linda, and 106.5 FM, Yucaipa.
1: So the Fry Children grew up on this beautiful piece of property that um, has redwoods and um, madrone trees, lots and lots of um, oaks and huge Douglas for lots of wild animals. We have bear and mountain lions, although we don't see them, but they keep a respectful distance and Mm -hmm. lots of birds, too. So um, the oldest of the fries, Jonathan, went to study organic agriculture with a famous British horticulturist named Alan Chadwick, and I showed up at the same time. And Jonathan and I got together and got married and moved to the place. And with the help of one of his brothers, Matthew, started the winery in 1980. So there there was a small patch of grapes on the property that they had planted just to improve the value of the property. Um, Most of the labor was just the young kids, and they early on made a decision that they didn't want to use any toxic fertilizers or pesticides since they were the people out walking and working in the vineyard and that commitment stayed with the family um they were so impressed with the beauty of their surroundings they wanted to find a way to farm that would be in harmony with that
0: well i love i love that story and um i you know i i wish we could get more people to you know, come and study with you and <laughs> understand like how, how all this hey, stuff
1: works. <laughs> well, we do. We do have a steady stream of interns from all over the world. You know, there's a really exciting wave of young people who are being drawn to farming. Um, they're either graduating from college and there aren't any jobs, or they spend a few years in the high tech industry and get disillusioned. And so there's there's a lot of um, bright, um, talented. 30-somethings that are looking at organic farming.
0: Well, there's nothing like a farm to help take away the stress, which can be, you know, at the core of a lot of, you know, chronic diseases nowadays, too. So just, you know, choosing a life that gives you that kind of serenity and relaxation as opposed to the, you know, hustle and bustle of the city kind of a thing.
1: Well, if you think about it, it's, it's how mankind has lived, you know, for at least the last, couple of thousand years after we left the hunter-gatherer stage at least.
0: Well, yeah, I, I do think a lot of people are, you know, getting back to their roots. So maybe something good will be come out of, you know, the bad economy. We'll end up with a bunch of new local farmers to be able to buy fresh produce from. So that would be good. That, that would be a good
1: thing. I yeah. agree.
0: <laughs> so um, can you explain, like, what, what you guys do there? You do a lot of things that not everyone does and, um, as far as, like, your farming methods. And I'd like for you to explain how you put life into the soil and, and that how that helps the soil put flavor into the fruit
1: Yes we are a biodynamic farm as well as an organic farm and biodynamics is a very idealistic system of agriculture that was started by Rudolf Steiner an Austrian philosopher in the early 1900s. It's the first system of farming that was certified as organic in 1924 and basically you're looking at the farm as a whole system. And a closed organism so the needs of the farm the fertility needs of the farm you try to meet with the resources within the farm so what that means is you introduce farm animals into your landscape you use their manures and the different plants that plant residue that you have on the farm to make your own compost um, you look at increasing the biodiversity in your landscape so in the united States. Biodynamic farms have to set aside 10% of their property to not be farmed to encourage wild animals to come in or native plants to get reestablished. And the whole idea is that um, this creates a a richness that is all going to contribute to the health of the soil, which is really the, the heart of agriculture. At the end of each harvest, we which is in October, we go through and plant a leguminous mix between the vines. And legumes are a a very special plant category. They include peas and clovers and vetch and broad beans. And they have the ability to take nitrogen out of the soil and with special nodules in their roots, fix it up, excuse me, take nitrogen out of the air and with special root, nodules fixed it into the soil so it's called green manuring it's a way to bring nitrogen in
0: it sounds like a perfect system to me
1: It, it works very well so um so we're always looking at how to close the loop so that we're not getting trucks of chemical fertilizers in from all over the country um just trying to work with the resources that we have here
0: Well, um, we have to break right now, but um, we're going to come back, and we're going to learn more about the whole processing of the wine and the the different ingredients like sulfates that some of our listeners may want to avoid. And believe me, uh, Katrina has some really uh, good extensive knowledge on that that you're not going to want to miss, so stay tuned.
3: Be sure to visit our website at smarthealthtalk.com welcome back to smart health talk with your host Elaine McFadden
0: welcome back I'm Elaine McFadden and this is smart health talk and we're here with Katrina fry from fry vineyards and we were just talking about uh, the organic farming methods that uh, they use on the farm that uh, they really make use of the different animals and using uh, cover crops to add nitrogen to um, and fertilizer, organic matter to the soil. And really kind of, um, would you call that, Katrina, like a kind of a synergistic, uh, sustainable system that you guys have? Mm Absolutely.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we, you know, probably the single most important thing we do is grow the grapes organically, but then we bring them into the wine cellar and we process them organically as well. So we do not use any preservatives in the wines. The most common preservative is a synthetic known as sulfur dioxide or sulfites. And there are two categories of organic wine in the United States. Um, One category is made with organically grown grapes. There's many wonderful wines in this category, but the winemakers are using sulfites. There's a limit as to how much they can put into them, so moderate amounts of sulfites. And then the second category, which can bear the USDA seal, is called organic wines. So there you have the organic grapes without the sulfites, and that's the category that we've been the pioneers in. And the way that we get around not using the sulfites is we have we have a whole system that we call integrative modern organic winemaking. So we benefit from good technology. We have. Modern filtration, we have a zero-oxygen bottling machine because bottling is when the wines are can be at risk of becoming oxidized since they don't have the sulfites in them. And we're, we've been studying for 30 years wine chemistry, learning at what point in the life of a wine it needs to have exposure to oxygen, at what point it needs to be protected from the oxygen, so we're very pleased with the results. We have award-winning.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I read about wine. that. Yeah, you uh-huh. guys have won all all kinds of award now awards. Now, isn't that kind of tricky with all these other uh, wineries that you know are dependent on sulfites to create a product? And I think most of us have actually seen. You know the label on wine that it's a warning label because you know one out of a hundred people are sensitive to sulfites and can have a, an allergic reaction. Right, it's it's
1: considered um, dangerous enough to people who are sensitive. You know to require that government warning label. It's interesting, Elaine, to realize that alcohol doesn't have an ingredient panel. Um, It's really the only thing that we put in or on our bodies that doesn't, and so I'm hoping that someday soon there'll be enough consumer pressure to have alcohol be, um, you know, join with all of the rest of the of the foods that we consume.
0: Yeah, and uh, actually, I I hadn't really thought about that much until I really started looking through your website and reading. Some of the great information that you guys have on there, and listeners, please uh, go to Frey Vineyards if you really want to learn more about organic wines and the processing methods and biodynamic farming because um, it's a wealth of information on their website and it's really done in an easy to understand manner too and uh, one of the things that I, really got me thinking about that whole ingredient panel which we've talked a lot about ingredient labels on our show here uh, because there's so many hidden things even mm-hmm. in the ingredient labels we do have let alone a product that has no ingredient label <laughs> right. yes. so um, when I started reading about these different ingredients that people put in wine I was just like shocked I had no clue, and I started thinking, you know, if they're putting things like gelatin, which is an animal product, then Uh wine isn't even a a vegetarian food anymore.
1: (laughs) Right. There are wineries now, some of the made with organic and some of the organic that are claiming that their products are vegan. So it's definitely a concern now.
0: Right. And And what people don't understand is that, you know, with organic and all of us that are out there trying to make you know, make sure that we have this as a choice. Um, there's always people trying to come along and you know break the rules because they want to create a you know a cheaper product with a bigger profit margin. And like some of the other ingredients too, you know, were, um, that, that shocked me was you know the fact that these sulfites are actually a synthetic uh, product.
1: They yeah. are. They're they're a byproduct of the petroleum industry. They haven't been used as long as some people think, you know, there's sometimes claims that they've been using sulfites since Roman times, but there's actually no evidence for this. They've just really come into the wine industry in the last hundred years, but, um, you know, there are responsible ways to use them. Not everybody is sensitive to sulfites, but for people who are or people who just prefer to have a product that really is pure of any synthetics you want to look for the term organic wine and the USDA seal.
0: Well, and, and another thing that uh, I read on your site that was really shocking to me, that mm-hmm. kind of exciting at the same time, because I'm like, oh, I'm learning something new. I didn't know it before. <laughs> uh, I was like finding some sort of like secret um, treasure or something like that to me, because <laughs> I want to know all this stuff. But uh, the fact that the, the yeast that goes into winemaking um, is actually a GMO product
1: it's it's not in in 99 percent of the cases but there has been a yeast um, developed now that is available for winemakers um, that pushes wine through a secondary fermentation called a malolactic fermentation and there's a huge concern about that because as you know um, genetically engineered products can you know once they're out of the pandora's box they're gone so yeast lives in the air and it could travel around and um, infect other wine yeasts so um, luckily uh, the products available um, only a few winemakers have used it and they're they're backing off from that so I think good with public concern you know raise raise the alarm no GMO yeast we don't want it
0: yeah people don't understand that yeast um, it, it like even bakeries there are bakeries that don't want to move their operation because the yeast is even embedded in the walls and the cracks and, and isn't get, that
1: wonderful it's
0: I, I know environmental <laughs> yeah. it's like a season you know it becomes the mm-hmm. whole the whole building becomes seasoned for you know what you're trying to do there when you're using yeast
1: right and, and like the caves in France that have the special Roquefort mold. For their cheese making. Uh Uh-huh. It's a similar similar process.
0: Well, people that are gluten-free have to even be cautious, too, because some some additives may contain gluten. Is that true?
1: There is a fining agent that is used in wine that apparently has gluten in it. Fining is done right before a wine is bottled. It's usually not done with red wines, but it can be done with white wines where you... um, you pour a substance through the wine and it strips out all the protein haze and ends up in the bottom of the tank um, or barrel. So then the wine's siphoned off. So technically, you're not, the, the finished wine doesn't have any of those products in it. But I know that, um, that people are very concerned about that. So what wineries such as Fry do is use bentonite franchise. clay for that, which is a natural substance.
0: Yes, we've actually um, talked a lot about clay on the show and, and minerals.
4: you are hitting the nail on the head when you're talking about the gut bacteria. And, in fact, extend that out to the fact that bacteria cover every single surface on the planet. You are covered in bacteria, as is everything else, not only on the outside but on the inside. You know, you turn your body inside out, you're still entirely covered in bacteria. <laughs> and what's really terrific about that is we start to return, right? We come back full circle to our ancestors and how they lived. They lived closer to the earth. They lived in ways where, you know, it was okay to get dirty. And certainly there were um, things we had to learn as as the human race in terms of cleanliness and sanitation and things like that. But what's really terrific is that even though, um, you know, Western medicine has tried to cure certain things or... Um, to deal with certain diseases in a way that we're now coming to understand may have a net negative effect on the body. The great thing All is... All brand of democracy is hard. But I can promise that a little over a year from now, when I know what I know... Bad rap, un, un, undist...
2: at 793-7215. That's 793-7215 for Carpet Masters.
0: I have been to bars that only served organic ingredients and spirits in their cocktails, and I have never gotten sick, even on an empty stuff. So
1: the Fry Children grew up on this beautiful piece of property that um, has redwoods and um, madrone trees, lots and lots of um, oaks, And huge Douglas fir, lots of wild animals. We have bear and mountain lions, although we don't see them, but they keep a respectful distance and Mm -hmm. lots of birds, too. So um, the oldest of the fries, Jonathan, went to study organic agriculture with a famous British horticulturist named Alan Chadwick, and I showed up at the same time. And Jonathan and I got together and got married and moved to the place. And with the help of one of his brothers, Matthew, started the winery in 1980. So there there was a small patch of grapes on the property that they had planted just to improve the value of the property. Um, Most of the labor was just the young kids, and they early on made a decision that they didn't want to use any toxic fertilizers or pesticides since they were the people out walking and working in the vineyard and that commitment stayed with the family um they were so impressed with the beauty of their surroundings they wanted to find a way to farm that would be in harmony with that
0: well i love i love that story and um i you know i i wish we could get more people to you know come and study with you and <laughs> <laughs> How all this hey, stuff works. <laughs> well, we do. We do
1: have a steady stream of interns from all over the world. You know, there's a really exciting wave of young people who are being drawn to farming. Um, they're either graduating from college and there aren't any jobs, or they spend a few years in the high tech industry and get disillusioned. And so there's there's a lot of um, bright, um, talented, thirty somethings that are looking at organic farming.
0: Well, there's nothing like a farm to help take away the stress, which can be, you know, at the core of a lot of, you know, chronic diseases nowadays, too. So just, you know, choosing a life that gives you that kind of serenity and relaxation as opposed to the, you know, hustle and bustle of the city kind of a thing.
1: Well, if you think about it, it's it's how mankind has lived, you know, for at least the last couple of thousand years after we left the hunter-gatherer stage, at least.
0: Well, yeah, I, I do think a lot of people are, you know, getting back to their roots. So maybe something good will be come out of, you know, the bad economy. We'll end up with a bunch of new local farmers to be able to buy fresh produce from. So that would be good. That, that would be a good thing. I yeah. agree. <laughs> so um can you explain like what, what you guys do there you do a lot of things that not everyone does and um, as far as like your farming methods and I'd like for you to explain how you put life into the soil and and that how that helps the soil put flavor into the fruit
1: Yes, we are a biodynamic farm as well as an organic farm and biodynamics is a very idealistic system of agriculture that was started by Rudolf Steiner, an Austrian philosopher in the early 1900s. It's the first system of farming that was certified as organic in 1924. And basically you're looking at the farm as a whole system and a closed organism. So the needs of the farm, the fertility needs of the farm, you try to meet with the resources within the farm. So what that means is you introduce farm animals into your landscape. You use their manures and the different plants that plant residue that you have on the farm to make your own compost. Um, you look at increasing the biodiversity in your landscape. So in the United States, biodynamic farms have to set aside 10% of their property to not be farmed to encourage wild animals to come in or native plants to get reestablished. And the whole idea is that um, this creates a, a richness that is all going to contribute to the health of the soil, which is really the, the heart of agriculture. At the end of each harvest, we, which is in October, we go through and plant a leguminous mix between the vines. And legumes are a, a very special plant category They include peas and clovers and vetch and broad beans, and they have the ability to take nitrogen out of the soil and with special nodules in their roots fix it up. Excuse me, take nitrogen out of the air and with special root nodules fix it into the soil. So it's called green manuring. It's a way to bring nitrogen in.
0: It sounds like a perfect system to me.
1: It, It works very well. So um, so we're always looking at how to close the loop so that we're not getting trucks of chemical fertilizers in from all over the country, um, just trying to work with the resources that we have here.
0: Well, um, we have to break right now, but um, we're going to come back, and we're going to learn more about the whole processing of the wine and the the different ingredients like sulfates that some of our listeners may want to avoid. And believe me, uh, Katrina has some really uh, good extensive knowledge on that that you're not going to want to miss, so stay tuned.
3: Be sure to visit our website at smarthealthtalk.com. Welcome back to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden.
0: Welcome back. I'm Elaine McFadden, and this is Smart Health Talk, and we're here with Katrina Fry from Fry Vineyards. And we were just talking about uh, the organic farming methods that uh, they use on the farm that... Uh, They really make use of the different animals and using uh, cover crops to add nitrogen um, and fertilizer, organic matter to the soil. And really kind of, um, would you call that, Katrina, like a kind of a synergistic, uh, sustainable system that you guys have? Mm Absolutely,
1: yes. Yeah, so we, you know, probably the single most important thing we do is grow the grapes organically, but then we bring them into the wine cellar and we process them organically as well. So we do not use any preservatives in the wines. The most common preservative is a synthetic known as sulfur dioxide or sulfites. And there are two categories of organic wine in the United States. Um, One category is made with organically grown grapes. There's many wonderful wines in this category, but the winemakers are using Sulfites. There's a limit as to how much they can put into them, so moderate amounts of sulfites. And then the second category, which can bear the USDA seal, is called organic wines. So there you have the organic grapes without the sulfites. And that's the category that we've been the pioneers in. And the way that we get around not using the sulfites is we have, we have a whole system that we call integrative, modern, organic winemaking. So we benefit from good technology. We have modern filtration. We have a zero-oxygen bottling machine because bottling is when the wines are can be at risk of becoming oxidized since they don't have the sulfites in them. And we're, we've been studying for 30 years wine chemistry, learning at what point in the life of a wine it needs to have exposure to oxygen, at what point. It needs to be protected from the oxygen. So we're very pleased <laughs> with the results. We have award-winning. Oh um,
0: yeah, I read about wine. that. Yeah, you uh-huh. guys have won all all kinds of award now. Awards now, isn't that kind of tricky with all these other uh, wineries that you know are dependent on sulfites to create a product? And I think most of us have actually seen. You know, the label on wine, that it's a warning label because, you know, one out of 100 people are sensitive to sulfites and can have a, an allergic reaction. Right. It's it's
1: considered um, dangerous enough to people who are sensitive, you know, to require that government warning label. It's interesting, Elaine, to realize that alcohol doesn't have an ingredient panel. Um It's really the only thing that we put in or on our bodies that doesn't, and so I'm hoping that someday soon there'll be enough consumer pressure to have alcohol be, um, you know, join with all of the rest of the of the foods that we consume.
0: Yeah, and uh, actually, I I hadn't really thought about that much until I really started looking through your website and reading some of the great information that you guys have on there and listeners, please uh, go to Frey Vineyards if you really want to learn more about organic wines and the processing methods and biodynamic farming because um, it's a wealth of information on their website and it's really done in an easy-to-understand manner too. And uh, one of the things that really got me thinking about that whole ingredient panel, which we've talked a lot about ingredient labels on our show here Um, because there's so many hidden things even in Uh the ingredient labels we do have, let alone a product that has no ingredient label. (laughs) So um, when I started reading about these different ingredients that people put in wine, I was just like shocked. I had no clue and I started thinking, you know, if they're putting things like gelatin, which is an animal product, then Uh wine isn't even a a vegetarian food anymore. Right,
1: there are wineries now. Some of the made with organic, and some of the organic that are claiming that their products are vegan. So it's definitely a concern now.
0: Right, and like, uh, and what people don't understand is that you know, with organic and all of us that are out there trying to make. You know, make sure that we have this as a choice. Um, there's always people trying to come along and you know break the rules because they want to create a you know a cheaper product with a bigger profit margin. And like some of the other ingredients too, you know, where um, that, that shocked me was you know the fact that these sulfites are actually a synthetic uh, product.
1: They are. They're they're a byproduct of the petroleum industry. They haven't been used as long as some people think, you know, there's sometimes claims that they've been using sulfites since Roman times, but there's actually no evidence for this. They've just really come into the wine industry in the last hundred years, but, um, you know, there are responsible ways to use them. Not everybody is sensitive to sulfites, but for people who are or people who just prefer to have a product that really is pure of any synthetics. You want to look for the term organic wine and the USDA
0: seal. Well, and, and another thing that uh, I read on your site that was really shocking to me, that mm-hmm. kind of exciting at the same time because I'm like, oh, I'm learning something new. I didn't know it before. <laughs> uh, I was like finding some sort of like secret um, treasure or something like that to me because I want to know all this stuff. But uh, the fact that the, the yeast that goes into winemaking um, is actually a GMO product. It's
1: it's not in, in 99% of the cases, but there has been a yeast um, developed now that is available for winemakers um, that pushes wine through a secondary fermentation called a malolactic fermentation, and there's a huge concern about that because, as you know, um, genetically engineered products can, you know, once they're out of the Pandora's box, they're gone, so yeast lives in the air and it could travel around and um, infect other wine yeasts so um, luckily uh, the products available um, only a few winemakers have used it and they're they're backing off from that so I think good with public concern you know raise raise the alarm no GMO yeast we don't want it
0: Yeah, people don't understand that yeast, um, like even bakeries, there are bakeries that don't want to move their operation because the yeast is even embedded in the walls and the cracks and... and Isn't that wonderful? I I know. (laughs) It's environmental. It's like a season, you know, it becomes Mm -hmm. the whole building becomes... Step into the
2: world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family
0: season for you know what you're trying to do there when you're using yeast right and And like the caves in france that have the
1: special roquefort mold for their cheese making
0: Uh uh-huh
1: it's a similar similar process
0: well people that are gluten-free have to even be cautious too because some uh some additives may contain gluten is that true
1: there is a fining agent that is used in wine that apparently has gluten in it. Fining is done right before a wine is bottled. It's usually not done with red wines, but it can be done with white wines where you um, you pour a substance through the wine and it strips out all the protein haze and ends up in the bottom of the tank um, or barrel. So then the wine's siphoned off. So technically, you're not... The, the finished line doesn't have any of those products in it, but I know that, um, that people are very concerned about that. So what wineries such as Fry do is use bentonite clay for that, which is a natural substance
0: yes we've actually um talked a lot about clay on the show and and minerals minerals and how important they are and i mean when i when i read that about your wine i was just like i I couldn't believe it i just thought it was so cool because it's just like a you know it's just so natural and you know the the minerals are good for us at the same time so i just really want to congratulate you katrina and all of the things that you guys have accomplished with your winery it's uh you you've really led the charge and, and changed a lot of things in a a lot of people's lives and I wanna thank you for making such a great product and going to all that extra effort to create something. Oh well really you're special. so
1: welcome and thank you for programs like this that inform us all and a great time of year to go out and try an organic wine absolutely <laughs> for those yeah, holiday parties <laughs> if
0: you, yeah if you that's what we're trying to encourage people if you want to offer something special at your holiday party this year and people will be thrilled that you don't have sulfites and gluten and all these other things in your products so please uh, try to find a fray wine to um add to the list of what you have to offer at your party this year and thank you so much katrina Thank you. Okay, everyone, stay tuned because we're going to find out what happens when some of these ingredient uh, organic uh, principles are applied to beer brewing, so stay with us. Be sure to
3: visit our website at smarthealthtalk.com. Welcome back to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden.
0: Welcome back. I'm Elaine McFadden, and this is Smart Health Talk. Well, beer is the number one favorite alcoholic drink in the world. The process is very old and has never went out of style because it works for us and we love it. Beer starts with grains. How those grains are grown, along with the process used in making the beer, can impact not only the final taste, but even the nutritional quality. We have Jason Schreider here with us today from the Mendocino Brewing Company, and Jason is not only going to tell us about their old world brewing methods, but how making organic beer differs from non organic beers. What is an ale and what is a lager? And we might even get a chance to ask him what he thinks about light beer. So, Jason, welcome to Smart Health Talk.
2: Thank you, Elaine, uh, for your work and for the opportunity to chat.
0: Well, um, we know people love beer, okay? So, um, you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, some of our beer lovers listening would love to enjoy uh, hearing about what it's like to actually work in a brewery and how the Mendocino uh, Brewing Company came about. So um, let me guess, it all started with the love of beer.
2: Quite quite right. Um, Mendocino Brewing was founded in 1983, and uh, it was the first California brew pub after Prohibition, um, one of two in the country.
0: Oh, and, really?
2: Yeah, there was just a desire to bring back the local brewery, and that went back to the days just after Prohibition and before the massive consolidation of the brewing industry. Um, a major metropolitan area would have a lot of breweries, and then outlying areas would have hometown breweries as well. And uh, there just, I think, was literally a thirst for return to that kind of variety, as opposed to a few large companies that kind of make the same style of beer. And then for me, um, I was a little young for that. My love of beer uh, and brewing came from my time as uh, a broadcast communications major at the University of Dayton.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> and so how did that happen?
2: Uh, you know, when when I got out of school, I was pretty much qualified to work in a bar.
0: Okay. And, uh,
2: as I came west, uh, some of the bars I worked in had breweries, and uh, I just worked my way in like that.
0: So, well, why don't you take us through the steps of making beer? I know that you also brew organic beer, which means that you have to use certified organic ingredients, and I'd like to know, like, how that's different than procuring your other ingredients and... You know, plus, you have to use special processes, too, when you're brewing organic, I'm sure, to meet the guidelines for You know, the, in, the
2: ingredients don't change, and um, its most pure form beer is uh, water, barley, yeast, and hops. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some change we use in some of the processing aids and things like that, but the real trick is sourcing the material and, and then the paper chase. As it stands right now, we do have to get some of the materials from abroad, because uh, the materials in the United States are still transitional crops. So you kind of have that tug of war in places, particularly in, in hops, where you've got local versus organic. So as, as the United States crops uh, mature, we'll be able to get all of our materials domestically. Um Beer is, uh, ales, American ales particularly, um, start with pale malt or a lightly roasted barley. And that's kind of the canvas that we paint our ales. We then use other, you know, deeper roasted malts, on that canvas, and they'll run it kind of in a, a continuum getting darker. Uh, those malts will run from like sweet caramel and kind of golden in color uh, to raisiny, which would bring you more a red color, and then on to darker chocolate flavors and even to deep roasted coffee flavors that, that you, would, uh, you would attribute kind of to stouts and, and really dark beers like that. So it's a lot of pale malt and then splashes of these other malts. And, and malt is a whole art in and of itself. Which, I would think uh, so. It is. It is both organically and, and otherwise. It's a it, that's a very, that's a whole other tradition and industry and, and art in itself.
0: Well, could, could, can't you just like you know, if roasting is kind of the key, if you just like get it like a little bit too much, I'm it's sure.
2: a lot like coffee. You have so many different roasts, and it's. Some of them might appear the same, but if they were roasted, uh, you know, really hot and quickly, you'll have a lot of burnt flavors, whereas if the barley is roasted slowly and and at a lower temperature, you get more chocolatey flavors, even if they're kind of the same color.
0: And I think a lot of people don't realize, like, how much sugar is actually in barley. It's a very sweet grain.
2: Barley, early brewer didn't know why, but barley... The seed casing, which is really porous, which makes it great for running off this liquid. But the seed casing actually has enzymes in it that break the starches into sugar. So early brewer didn't know why that was, but he knew that he definitely knew that he got more alcohol. And then even if he added other grains, say wheat or corn, that he would get more alcohol from those if he also used barley. So it's got this kind of porous uh, seed so that water will run through, but it's also got these magical enzymes that break these into little sugars that yeast can eat.
0: And, yeah, and the sugars, which uh, people aren't, you know, aware of the process, uh, the sugars are what the bacteria need.
2: True, true. Uh, Yeast – Yeast eats sugar and makes alcohol and, and carbonation.
0: And then, uh, so the you know you have the roasting and you have the barley. Now, it, uh, from what I understand, like the barley grain that's organic is probably going to be different than uh, like a conventional grain because it, the the kernels are smaller.
2: And... Um, you know that the organic malting and uh, organic hop growing as well have come uh, very far forward and very quickly Um, organic materials uh, early on were very difficult to brew with um, from an efficiency and uh, quality standpoint but now when you hold the two in your hand you really can't tell the difference and that's primarily demand of the market you know the demand of the market created the need for these maltsters and hop growers to dedicate the acreage And now that you have all, you know, prime acreage instead of the corner of the lot over there, the materials for organic brewing are absolutely beautiful. They run a little expensive, absolutely. Um, Do they look different from uh, other malts? Not really, not really.
0: Well, um, that's really encouraging because, you know, you're, you're saying that a lot of farmers are in transition, which um, if you're not familiar with that either, it's a farmer that used to maybe grow conventionally, but now they're trying to transition to organic, and that takes at least three years. Correct. And yeah. plus there's testing involved to make sure that you, you know, the pesticide levels are, meet the requirements for organic. So it's that, an
2: important process.
0: Yeah, it is. Transition
2: just for the grower. Uh-huh. and for the product as well.
0: And that's really encouraging to hear that a lot of farmers are actually in the process of, you know, transitioning so that because there is a demand and that's what we're trying to create on this show is educate people so that we can get people to at least when they can buy organic because it does we do start to change the whole system and when we create the demand uh, we will start to have more products, and the price will start to come down. And then guess what? We all get the good stuff for the price we can afford.
2: <laughs> well, our organic beer has become competitive from both a quality standpoint as well as a, pr- a price point.
0: And, and you, that's
2: really you wag the dog that way. It is demand that drives that.
0: Well, and we only have like a few seconds left, but I did want sure. to ask you about like the the quality and the as far as like taste goes. I mean, can people like tell the difference in taste from organic to like a regular?
2: You know, the the, the, the spectrum of beer is so great. Uh-huh. It's always apples and oranges. But but, the point that I'd want to make now, at least from a production standpoint, is that the, that the materials are of the best quality to brew with
0: okay that's that's good to know, and that's kind of one of the things that we wanted to find out you know from you while we had you here on the air so well, I have um, I really le- enjoyed learning about this, and I did learn like some new things that I didn't know. And so, would you like encourage people to really be supporting their microbreweries breweries because it it does help benefit the whole community, doesn't it?
2: Oh, my word has always been to drink concentrically. Uh, the closest brewery to you will <laughs> okay. probably provide you with the the highest quality product beer is a perishable item
0: and so what do you think about light beer
2: oh every everything everything has its place and light beers are 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 actually derived from a really proud uh german tradition of brewing in this country and it's a little bit of a watered down version but uh there's nothing wrong with being
0: distinctly american i don't think but people are starting to get more interested in, like, the richer taste of an ale. or a You know, the
2: smallest end of the industry, the pub end of the industry, is the most rapidly growing. And I think that speaks volumes for the, for the concentric nature of beer.
0: Okay, everybody. You heard it right here from Jason. So, um, you know, go out there and visit a microbrewery and try yourself an ale or a lager and... Uh, you may maybe a few more calories there, but maybe it'll fill you up a little bit more. You won't drink quite as much. So.
2: Indeed it will.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Jason. And don't go away because our next guest makes organic versions of all your favorite spirits, liquors, and bitters. So you won't want to miss it.
3: Be sure to visit our website at smarthealthtalk.com. Welcome back to Smart Health Talk with your host, Elaine McFadden.
0: Welcome back. This is Smart Health Talk. If you would like to wow your party guests with cocktails that are so full of flavor they will probably never forget them, then all you have to do is visit the Green Bar Collective website to find just what you need to do that. This group of distillers comes with a new philosophy that includes using only the best organic ingredients if you want to attain new levels of flavor pleasure and mix those products with local fresh organic ingredients for the ultimate in cocktail enjoyment. Uh, I I, I know that we could talk for about an entire hour to Liddy Matthew, co-founder and spirit maker of the Green Bar Collective, but we only have about eight minutes. So Liddy? Welcome to Smart Health Talk.
5: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, i got to tell you, when I went to your website and saw all that you guys have been up to, (laughs) you have made. It's it's almost like a dream line of products for me because if you had been um, listening earlier, you would hear how, um, you know, I have trouble when I try to drink, you know, cheap mixes that have like corn syrup and artificial ingredients in there. They make me really sick. And it seems like whenever I drink organic ingredients and cocktails with all organic um, alcohol and, uh, you know, mixes and things like that, I don't have any problems at all. So uh, when I saw that you guys actually had all those things, um, I just thought it was pretty exciting. Oh, thank you. Well, that must have been a lot of work, you know, like why, you know,
4: No purchase necessary. Were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Such passion for creating these products that deliver a high standard of quality and taste. Like, how did um, how did the evolution happen that you you know were able to create products of this caliber?
5: Well, we got our start making conventional vodka, a heavy glass bottles, fancy labels, and conventional spirits um, made with you know in the regular way, flavored with real ingredients so that we purchased from local farmers' markets. And about three years ago, we noticed that products were tasting better, and we couldn't take all the credit. It turned out that our favorite farmers had switched to organic farming, and their produce tasted better. So today, from that evolution, today we make the largest portfolio of organic spirits in the world. So with our true vodka, crusoe rum, fruit loud liqueurs, all of that, has, it was that journey of actually following our farmers.
0: Wow, so really, you guys are are the biggest producers in the world, even
5: yeah, yeah, largest portfolio uh, you know because we make so many different things from vodka to gin to rum to liqueur to tequila, and now um soon whiskey,
0: <laughs> oh, really, so you guys even mm-hmm. have a new whiskey coming out, Wow, you're gonna yeah. have everything there, and like, why don't you tell us like um well, first of all, why don't you start with the the liqueurs because um those are like so incredible in that uh, the flavor, um, I have not personally got to try them. I really want to. um, But I I can just imagine that the flavor that, you know, comes from your liqueurs versus, you know, some other ones Mm -hmm. that I may have tried in the past would be um, quite different.
5: Yeah, and actually the reason why these products stand out is because we only use real ingredients like fresh lemons, oranges, vanilla beans, um, all those kind of things we actually use. Things that you can eat, and that's not and not synthetics, which you find in a lot of those mixers, which is what's bothering you. Um, and our um, and because of that, our spirits and our liqueurs have this vivid, clean profile. They simply make for the best cocktails. And we've noticed that people are drinking less, but they are drinking better. So you're not the only one who's out there searching for this. You know, like the, you know, something that tastes better and real. That's what we we hear people say when they talk about our Food Lab uh, liqueurs, real, um, it, the liqueurs that we make is an orange, a hibiscus, and a jasmine, and they're all made with those ingredients.
0: So really, like some of these other um, uh, mixes that I, you know, that some bartenders and bars, you know, would use would actually have synthetic ingredients in there, and it, like yeah, artificial and flavors. Is that what you're saying?
5: That is correct. And that's why you'll notice, for example, that you may taste like a lemon uh, a lemon item that tastes like lemon pledge or like um you know you'll you'll taste something that tastes like cough syrup it's because they actually use those same flavors and fragrances across the board so that's that's the indicator that oh my okay that that tastes like you know something weird that i use around the house <laughs> it's probably the same flavoring item
0: oh wow that's okay everybody (laughs) there's a good wake-up call for us and um exactly so uh you guys have the liqueurs you have bitters um which obviously go into like several different drinks along with the whole entire line of um like you said the different spirits the the tequila the rum the the Mm -hmm. vodka um, and
5: um, just a quick note on bitters, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, what the heck do I do with bitters?
0: Yeah, bitters I was kind of wondering to be, that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, bitters used to be medicinal items, you know, things that you had with soda for various ailments, usually stomach-related ailments. But what, the way to look at bitters is it's like salt and pepper for your cocktail. It's just that little couple drops that actually add depth and, and a little extra thing.
0: Well, uh, another thing that I wanted to let everyone know before we run out of time here is it really impressed me about your website was that all the different cocktail recipes that you have on your website. So anyone that wants to go out, look for something new to make for their party this year, I highly recommend going to the, the Green Bar Collaborative. All you have to do is type in organic spirits and they will come up the first thing on the search. So just type that in and you're going to find a bunch of great recipes. I recommend that you try some before your party and find pick like Three that you really like, and focus on those three uh, to offer for your party, and then that way you don't have to buy as many different ingredients, and it'll make it a lot easier on you, and you can actually have fun. So, well, it looks like we're out of time. I really want to thank you for joining us, Lidder- Liddy, and for um, all our precious listeners out there that we live for. Uh, go to our website and click on this week's guest list for a roadmap to some of the latest new website entries, and you won't be disappointed. We have it, uh, even have something for oh. kids there. Oh, did you want to say something? Um, well I just wanted to say thank you,
5: oh, okay. and that, that tomorrow I'll actually be demoing cocktails at the Whole Foods in Long Beach. If anyone is around, okay. and be making holiday drinks there in the evening.
0: Wow, you know, swing <laughs> on by there and try try one of these great <laughs> drinks. Okay, Liddy, thank you so much for um, being on our show, and everyone, come back and visit us again next Thursday.
3: Be sure to visit our website at smarthealthtalk.com. Hi, my name is Don Sazi. If you enjoy the Smart Health Talk theme music, visit my website, www.donsazi.com, to hear the complete song as well as other great music.
0: Hi everyone, I'm your host, Elaine McFadden of Smart Health Talk, and I hope you enjoyed the first part of our show. Uh, we had a really great time talking to all those wonderful uh, organic spirit makers the beer, wine, uh, vodka, gin, whiskey, tequila. I tell you, these people make it all organically. Isn't that awesome? Because we don't realize that there is actually pesticides in our alcoholic beverages, even if they're distilling them, there is still residue in there from the pesticides and the other ingredient, And plus they add all kinds of other ingredients that we don't even know because they don't even have to put it on the label. That's what's really kind of scary. So uh, these these are incredible products, Uh, one of them locally, the LA Distillery. Uh, Is really incredible Frey Wine up in Northern California, of course, the Mendocino Brewery. um, They're also here in California, and I hope that you'll look them up. I hope you'll try their products. I buy Frey Wine all the time, and I tell you, it is incredible. It is just as good as these really expensive wines uh, that I've tried before that cost 10 times more, and... They're excellent, the Chardonnays, the Cabernets, you name it, they've won all kinds of awards. is our own, oldest organic vineyard in the country, they're also biodynamic. And the people over at the Green Bar Distillery, you can go there, you should just get all your friends and go there one weekend, and they have a, they have tours, you can find them on the greenbar.biz website and uh, sign up to go down there and do a tour and find out how they make everything and have a good party, bring your friends. (laughs) It's a really great time and great people too. So uh, for the second half of our show here, uh, I'm going to be going over a few things that have been happening in the news because there's some pretty exciting things and I wanted to share them with you. And first of all, I'd like you to please go check out our website. We've been working, working, working on bringing you all kinds of great things. Uh, new to our website, our Smart Health Talk Resolutions section. Uh, if you are ready to like ha- start adopting a healthy lifestyle, uh, you're going to be able to have a great start just by visiting our Smart Health Talk Resolutions. And you can find the link on our homepage. It's under the Resource tab on our website. But you can find Smart Health Talk Resolutions 2016 right on our homepage. It may seem a little crazy, but just... Scroll down, you'll find it. Click on that. We have 10 Smart Health Talk resolutions and we've been adding a lot of them. Please check out number six uh, to eliminate GMOs and pesticides from your diet. Did you know that 90% of the vitamins that are added to our food are synthetic? Well, we have a new section on there that tells you the names of a natural vitamin versus synthetic vitamins. So that will kind of help you read labels a little bit better. And we have really uh, the exercise section as well. We've really expanded that. I tell you, it's so good, it inspired me. And yeah, I've been hitting the Pilates machine, and I'm really motivated. I want to get going here. Another thing that I inspired myself (laughs) on working on this website is getting my seeds in the ground. And I had a farmer tell me that if... You put the seeds in the ground and it rains it helps the seeds it actually gives them oxygen it's like much healthier than just the water that comes out of your hose so if you can get those seeds in the ground now it's a good time because we got more rain on the way here and where we're located and so that's just a little added bonus when your seeds get rainwater I just thought that was so awesome so I got my seeds in the ground this is the earliest ever I'm so proud of myself and I just can't wait for those little seedlings to come up. And I just mostly I can't wait to eat everything. I'm already thinking about it, getting a little ahead of myself. But anyway, I want to let you know that um, that we have a, new, a lot of new sections in the gardening on the gardening um, tab, and we have like companion planting, what plants to plant with what that help they help each other. Out they attract beneficial insects, um, bees and butterflies and the good guys, um, ladybugs, all that kind of stuff. And we also have some really good, another section that tells you like when you should be planting, uh, how much water, how much time it takes to germinate, just all kinds of great stuff like that. And I'm really, uh, I'm really excited about um, all the gardening section there. I've just been expanding on these are things i've been wanting to add for a long time so i'm very excited and our youtube channel oh my gosh we have so many great things happening on our youtube channel with our past guests we have had some incredible guests on our show guests that have stood up to the the uh, one usda scientist he stood up um and fought to get the information out about how we're killing our bees and our butterflies with these neonicotinoid uh, pesticides, which Home Depot and Lowe's and other companies, thanks to all the great work from people all over the country saying, please stop selling these pesticides. They're actually taking action. They're going to start selling, stop selling the pesticides. So see, this is what we do. And we uh, we were able to stop them hiding GMO labeling on packaging in the farm and slipping it into a farm bill uh, to get it passed. They were just going to put a little, uh, code on the barcode on some square that we wouldn't even know what the heck it was saying. And that was supposed to be labeling GMOs where, you know, how are you even gonna know? And we were able to stop that. That's right, us, us citizens out there speaking our minds, standing up and saying, no, 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 we're not gonna allow this. And I just wanna congratulate everyone on all all the hard work, all those people that signed all the petitions, and just kept spreading the word. This is what happens when citizens speak up for our rights. And we gotta keep doing it. We can't let up for a minute, no siree, because we got lots more stuff to fight about. So please keep it up everybody, okay? And go find us on Facebook, find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter, find us on Pinterest. I'm doing all kinds, we're all over the place, posting all the latest information, recipes. All kinds of great stuff, and you want to try out some of those organic cocktails? We got some recipes for that too. We actually have a whole folder in Pinterest organic alcoholic drinks, so we got lots of recipes in there for you. And uh, please check out all, go click through our website. We have spent hours and hours and hours putting all that information for you guys on there. Now, I want to get to. A few things. Oh, speaking of Dr. Lundgren, who is our guest, and of course, his. Uh, we have a video of our interview with him on YouTube, and it's under Lane McFadden Smart Health Talk. So please search for us there. And uh, he actually went in court. They were uh, trying to say he was frivolous on with his effort to, uh, you know, go out there and try and tell people about what's going on with pesticides and guess what, the USDA lost, lost big time, yeah, and they have the peer group, the public employees for environmental responsibility looking out for him, and they've been guests on our show, and they are so great out of Washington, D.C., if it was not for him, he would have lost his job, and so they've been out there fighting for him, and they just won a court battle, yes sirree, so that's really great. Now, I was kind of upset to find out I just got these alerts that the the EPA just approved about 10 new GMOs. Yeah, 10 new GMOs were just approved. I'm going to put them all on my website. I want all of you to see what it means uh, when the EPA approves a GMO. You try reading one of those documents. Oh, my gosh. It'll put you to sleep, but... There's some important information in there, and we should know what's going on. You're listening to the Inland Talk Express,
2: 1050 AM and 106.5 FM, KCAA Loma Linda.